0: You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com, reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.clotheswithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, let to Eat podcast. I'm going to be your host today, Derek, and uh, I've got my trusty co-host, Carter McKenzie with me. And, um, our, our special guest, Chris, Car- Chris Cook, i am said Carter. <laughs> so we've got, we've got Chris Cook with us and, uh, Hey, how's it going?
2: Good. How are you guys?
0: We're awesome. We're, we're good. This is, uh, you don't know the, the dynamic behind this, Chris, but Derek and I haven't podcasted together in months. So this is like, we're back in the saddle, like back at it again, cool. the team's back together.
1: Yeah. I, like I went it. on, uh, together. I went on deployment and then he just replaced me quietly. I felt like I felt like I just got silently kicked out of the Beatles, (laughs) like like the original drummer from the Beatles before Ringo joined. So let's just jump right in. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, like how you got started in the outdoors, where you grew up, kind of a little backstory for you.
2: Oh, man, that's that's a big, huge loaded question. I'll start I'll I'll start like in a progression. So I'll go where I I grew up and how I grew up because it is unique and how I got into this because I did not grow up um, with hunting around me. I grew up in Los Angeles, um, the outskirts of Los Angeles and Calabasas specifically. Please don't judge me from being from California or from Calabasas. But um, we had a little bit of property. We had like an acre and always loved being outdoors my my dad um, always supported local farmers bought like local pork like whole pigs things like that always into fishing snowboarding hiking all that stuff um and so i just was never exposed to hunting i met my husband um almost 20 years ago now and uh he's still active duty he retires in about a year now but um he brought hunting into my family so The first time I went to go visit um, his family, and they're from the very northern tip of Florida. Um, I think they call it Florabama. It's like right near Alabama. It's neck. It is neck. Let me tell you, I went there, and he didn't give me any warning. (laughs) Okay, so he knew my family very well because he was stationed in Port Wyneme at the time, so he had spent a lot of time with my family, Um, and he just acted like I was going to meet basically, like my family, like there was nothing really to warn me. Um, And so when I got there, uh, first of all, I couldn't understand most of what they say. It was (laughs) subtitles needed to happen, like, like, you know, Duck Dynasty or any of these shows that are on, like, literally, I had no idea what was happening. Um, But it was so cool. Their culture was so amazing. And they had like an acre worth of vegetables and fruit. And literally, the whole family spent all day harvesting things, making things, pickling things. Um, Everything was about food, everything. The conversation was amazing. And then the barbecue was going all day or the smoker. And it was like, oh, I hunted this pig. And it was the whole pig was on there. I did this or everything had a profound connection. And I, I really had never been around that. And so I just, I soaked all that in. That was a really cool experience for me. And I remember thinking to myself, even if I don't end up marrying this person, his family's cool. I, I love <laughs> them. I need to do this. This is like my goals for my family and like what I wanted. And, and that truly uh, stuck with us. And so um, as time went on and we did get married and we did have kids, it was the second I had kids, I was like, oh, we're done living in the city. That's it. We're, I, I can't raise them like this. I don't want to be in a soapbox And so we started our first ranch, which was in um, Fallbrook, California, which is right outside of Camp Pendleton, um, that particular gate. And we had like an acre and a half and I became obsessed with pigs. So this is where our whole baseline begins and actually where it ends until today. Um, I went to school for marriage and family therapy. Um, I have an MFT degree specializing in art therapy, and I never got to get into that field because I got pregnant with my first son. Um, and raising animals was so intriguing for me psychologically. Number one, how to make them happy, how to humanely raise them, and then how do you make the best meat? How do you marvel it? What do you feed them? The science of it. And all of this interest came at the very beginning of the farm-to-table movement. So we ended up starting a business unintentionally um, through all of that. And really my passion for food. And there's a lot more that goes into that, but our baseline of everything we do is food, community food and understanding where your food comes from. That's our baseline. Um, We've been doing that for 11 years now. Um, Cook Pigs is the name of our OG business that we started and we ended up expanding up in Julian. So there's a lot that goes into um, how we recruited these programs over the last three years now, but we did. And, and like I said, hunting was a huge part of my husband's life. He brought that in. I always wanted to hunt, but I had kids and he was either deployed or hunting, deployed or hunting. And I never had an opportunity to get into it until really the last few years. Um, and then I've like dived really you know, off the deep end, like I'm obsessed, but Um, I knew that my time would come and it was going to be when my kids can hunt with me. And that's what we do now. So we started these programs during COVID, during the shutdowns um, in California. Anybody who lived in any liberal city, I'm sure felt the same way, Um, especially in California. It was literally fucking terrible. It was absolutely depressing. Everything was shut down. Everything was stripped. And I knew there was other people that were out there that were fucking sick of it and they didn't want to sit there on zoom with their kids and they wanted to get out and they wanted to find a tribe and they didn't want to be isolated. And I did that through the outdoors um, and through hunting really. Um, And I didn't know what the, what the hell I was doing. Honestly, I just did it. And I thought, well, Hey, let's share our place with people. Let's get people together to learn. Um, Let's get people together that, um, don't trust anything that's going on in this system i want to take control of it and that was my i thought if we broke even like that was fine and here we are today so that was oh. a really the idea
1: so you brought together extremist groups now because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're labeled apparently
2: yeah yeah, yeah it's um it, we i guess that would be true um what our whole entire motto is and this actually would go into being an extremist group probably is living free. Uh, the the idea of living free for for me and this is, again goes into the whole entire model of everything that we've created is different for everybody like your guys's definition of living free and my definition is different but to me, I want to know how to provide right I don't want to just be sitting around assuming that YouTube, is going to teach me everything, assuming that somebody across the street is going to help me when something bad happens. I really want to know how to survive. And I want to be able to provide for my family. And I try my best not to depend on the store, right? Or not to depend on the government for everything or whatever those things mean to people. Living free is really the baseline of everything that we do. And people coming together to live free and not feeling like they need to be something different or act like something different. Just be your fucking self. It's profound. It's amazing. Just be you and be you unapologetically. And that's that's basically what we've created. And and that is through hunting now. So that's through archery specifically. Um, and I have to tell you guys, and you're going to have to come out sometime to the ranch to see it. But it's, it's an amazing crew of people that have come there that have really um, become like family up there. And so it's it's been a really cool journey.
1: That that uh roundabout way of getting there is amazing and I come from cousin fucking territory, so I can smell my own. <laughs> and for your husband just to throw you into that shit with no warning, like you're lucky no. you didn't leave his ass right there.
2: <laughs> no warning, no warning, like zero. He just was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just from the south." Maybe he just assumed. I think maybe he assumed because he's a Florida man, I would have like understood what Florida men were like. That's just what he is. Like, I, well, I don't know.
1: That's, that's like a, a, like you see it in the news, like oh, the Florida man, like you think it's onesies and twosies. Like before I moved to Florida, I thought it was like a high class state where like hoity toity people lived. No, oh, no. no, there was <laughs> some fucking trailer trash down here. I know. Cause they let me in.
2: Yeah. Oh No, <laughs> Florida is like a whole thing, right? Florida is a whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had no idea. I think that if he would have warned me, though, I would have thought about it more, right? It was kind of cool that he didn't because I actually really loved it. And I just embraced all of that. And again, it's like my goals. Like we just did a pickling class. We're focusing on homesteading this fall. And I'm like, gosh, I wish that his family lived near us, right? Because I didn't need to pay somebody to teach a pickling class. That's his yeah. family. They know how to do all of that. And they're, they're so amazing at it. I mean, they had like, talk about preppers. I mean, they had enough food for freaking ever. Um, and that was like, again, that's really where I hope to be. At. I hope that my kids, like my legacy to my kids is really how I looked at his family the first time I went there. That's what I hope. Like, that's what I want my, I want my kids to be like, my mom was a badass. I watched my mom kill a deer. I watched my mom put down goats. I watched my mom butcher pigs, all of those things. I don't, that's sick. Like that's, that's a, that's a dope way for me to go out and like be like that. And so that's what I always hope that like I'm doing for my kids and my daughter. I want her to be able to provide and be strong and um, be productive person in society.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's really cool that that, you have that moment like in your mind as kind of a catalyst for like catapulting you in like down this trajectory of where's my food coming from food preservation uh you know being prepared and just being more involved in the entire process from a you know from from garden to hunting right that's you know i grew up you know picking green beans on you know my grandparents farm in kentucky and i ate more canned green beans than the law allows probably but You know, and now I have because I was so young and then we stopped doing it because I got sick of it. Uh, Now I'm on YouTube trying to relearn. like, I'm like, how did Mama McKenzie do it? Like, I'm like, shoot, why did I lose that? I I lost it. Right. And now I need to relearn it. Same thing like you're saying, like I have a two year old daughter and I I, she's going to grow up and know how to do all that stuff. Right. And uh, that's certainly not something you want to you want to lose. Those are those are skills you want to stick around.
2: And they're cool family traditions, right? So um, I think a lot of times in our society now, like these traditions just get washed away and they get lost, you know. And when you meet people um, like dads and sons or grandfathers and grandkids that are hunting together, hunting is a family thing. Hunting is a community thing. It's a it's something you build a tribe doing. Um, for us, it's been so cool, like. Our son just killed his first pig this year uh, when he turned 13. It was awesome. Um, My other son, he turns 12 in January and he's going to go on his first bow hunt like before his dad deploys for the last time. And that's like, that's amazing. That's like our trip for us, right? That's our vacations. And um, we get out there, we do fun stuff, make awesome memories. My kids are dope. They know to start fires from nothing and do all kinds of crazy, weird shit. And, those are like the best memories, right? And I can't wait till like they get older and then we have like more people doing all of this. So it's, it's cool.
1: I think one of the the things that really resonated with me is you said you started this kind of like at the, the beginning of the pandemic. And if you look at kind of how that went, like people were losing their minds, buying up toilet paper and paper towels. Now there was no shortage of that shit. People were just hoarding it for some reason, like it's the only thing you could ever wipe your ass with in the world for whatever reason. But
2: why would you want to survive with toilet paper, you guys? I'm seriously asking I this don't question. Know. Like, like that's weird, right? Yeah, that's really but, like really think about our society how disconnected the majority of people are. They think that toilet paper is something necessary to survive.
1: Yeah, and as as we like, if God forbid something should happen again where we actually do have these food shortages, like. People aren't gonna understand how to do anything. So there's gonna be mass riots, law like it'll be lawless. And knowing how to protect yourself and grow your own food is gonna be the new currency. Like being able to take care of yourself, take care of your family, and maybe the neighbors and friends that you actually like is gonna be huge. And those other people that have lost those ways that just like couldn't find their ass with both hands are just gonna be out in the wind.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree on that, and um, I don't know, like, I, I always make speeches at all of our events as they've grown, and and we have more people, so that every, I unite everybody right away, but I always say different things, but the one thing I talk about is the toilet paper thing, because that was weird, and that still is weird, and that makes no sense, but um, I don't know if there's going to be something really hard that happens in your and I lives or time where you know like movies you see these movies where like shit goes down right like everything goes down um uh but i do think in our our kids life i do think they're going to see something and i don't know what that is i don't know what's going to happen i'm not like a conspiracy theorist or um a doomsday person but there is going to be something that happens eventually that's going to shift people hard like hard shift and um And so that's, that's more of my, my thing is making sure that the next generation doesn't lose it because my kids are 13, 11 and eight. And what's happening in school systems right now is very scary. That's a whole different podcast and a whole different topic, um, in how they are teaching children to be and, uh, kids just sit on electronics. They don't get outside unless their parents help them and push them to if you're living in the city. Maybe if you're living in the Midwest, you're living in the South and you're living that type of lifestyle or at our ranch, that's different. But in the city, it's really hard and kids are just completely disconnected and they connect through, you know, their phones. They sit around and they just, they don't get outside. They don't have any skills really. So it's, I think that it really is our job to make sure that our kids are not like that. You know what I mean? That they stay connected to what's real because that's what's scary to me really is not our generations, but that, that next one, like our kids generation, what happens if something happens that's really hard for them? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like we said before, like Carter used to can as a, a kid didn't do it for years and forgot like that stuff is easily lost if it's not passed on from the people that have been doing it for years and years and years. It's, it's something that goes away. And, you know, once that, once it does, maybe you get it back, maybe you don't, maybe, you know, somebody wrote it down somewhere and made a video that you can watch later, but if they didn't, then shit's just gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And traditions get, you know, they get lost. So those were, those are my goals with my family. Um, and you know, on my, my Instagram or whatever, like me shooting with my kids is really important. It's super important. Um, because again, that's something we do as a family. Um, we went hunting this weekend, our, our tags opened and my kids went with us. They sat and they had to be quiet. Right. And when we saw deer, it was really exciting. Like, whoa, you know, everybody's super excited, but I want them to feel that I want them to understand the patience and the discipline and the, like all of that. So, um, that's, anyways, that, that's really the baseline of who we are um, and what we do. Our programs have grown um, based upon our people, basically, people that come, um, people that want to be there. The 3D Archery that I created, uh, 3D Archery course was for myself, and I just let people come and shoot with me, and then people were like, you know, you could charge people, and they would come here. Because um, our ranch is about an hour from San Diego, so we're pretty close. And so that was the idea on that. Uh, that wasn't very organized. I just did it, and I kept adding more and more targets until we have now 35 targets, I think. Oh, my um, gosh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's legit.
2: It is legit. It's a really, yeah. course. It's a really hard course. Um, so we have a really unique spot because we're 5,000 feet up um, from sea level. And Julian is, like, this high peak, but it's really easy to get to from Riverside, Temecula area, um, Orange County, Los Angeles, Palm Desert. All of those basically, like, lead up to our mountain. Um, and San Diego. So, like, the entire Southern California, we created a whole thing for for everybody. And it wasn't just San Diego then. It became uh, bigger than that. And so people will come from all over to shoot. We only do event-style shooting. I don't do... Um, we're not like a membership or a club or so it's a spec it's special. And I change the targets every single time and people feel special when they come because it's hard. I don't know why actually it's really hard to describe unless you're there. That's really hard. But people feel happy. There's like this whole thing that happens and it's not just an event. It's not like something you're just learning. You're, you're coming to build a tribe and a community and people want to stay there for one night. They want to stay there for two nights. They're, they're there for the entire day and they're meeting other like-minded people or other hunters even like that, you know, they can, they can go rucking with and train with. And, um, and so that's super cool. We went to park city TAC this year um, and we had about 120 some odd people come from our ranch to go to park city. It was sick. Like, and everybody was shooting together. Everybody drove together, bought tickets together. It was, it was super cool to watch and be a part of.
0: And when you say us, your ranch is called what? The Ranch. The The Ranch. Ranch.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: The Ranch. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The
0: Ranch. Just wanted to clarify. Really
2: simple. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that.
2: Everybody's called it that forever. Like, hey, we're going to The Ranch.
0: The Ranch. Yeah. We'll just capitalize it and make it official.
2: Yeah. And then when we started, we started the programs again. What do we call it? The Ranch. That's it. The Ranch. checks
0: out. Easy branding. I love it.
2: It is. It is easy. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. 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 So anyways, so that's us. That's what we're doing. That's
0: cool. Did you, um, did you see a big influx in your archery numbers post pandemic? Cause I feel like the general consensus, at least in our, our community over here, a lot of folks got into archery, um, a little more accessible yeah. than, and like, uh, just like space wise ability to just go out and shoot your bow in your backyard. Little more accessible than than a rifle. So, did you see like a large influx from
2: For prior sure. to?
0: Were you Were you running it before and then post pandemic?
2: Not the archery stuff. No, okay. the archery stuff was like like just in the beginning. I think their our first event was like maybe the second lockdown. It was so yeah. It was pretty. Yes. There's obviously over the pandemic, the good thing, and this is actually pretty similar to when we started Cook Pigs. So uh, we have an interesting synergy on both of these, but Cook Pigs, we started during the farm to table movement, which was the housing crisis. So although it wasn't the pandemic, it was another interesting time where people stopped trusting food, right? They got scared and they got scared about money. And so um, it was like an interesting time to start that. Well, the archery... Um, let's be honest. So archery is really cool. Archery is meditative. Um, archery is accessible. Like you said, to do in your backyard, if you have
1: frustrating as fuck,
2: frustrating as fuck. So this is where I'm getting to, right? It all seems wonderful until you really start getting into it. So I think that what happened during the pandemic is people were sitting at home. They wanted something to do, like grow vegetables. They all these people, the pounds, right? The pounds were out of dogs. Everybody's like, holy shit. I'm at home for three months. I'm going to get a dog. And then they realize that dog needs a lot of attention. They brought it back to the pound, right? So that's really what happens. Same thing with archery. Oh, my gosh. I am going to be Cameron Haynes. I'm going to be John Dudley. That's easy. Oh, my gosh. They killed an elk. Oh, I read on YouTube all about it. I just need a broadhead. That's fine. And then they start really getting out there. And they're like, oh, that's right. That's really hard. Like that's a lot of time. It's a lot of defeat and it's very disciplined. So yes, we saw all of that happen. And um, we still have a lot of people that come shoot. They just aren't hunters. They may still shoot, but they're not Mm -hmm. hunting. Shooting targets and hunting are very different. Very different.
1: Just got to spend 1200 bucks on a tag or 5,000 bucks on a guided hunt and then walk. Miles upon miles with weight on my back and then maybe get a shot.
2: Maybe it's super easy.
1: Anybody can maybe see shit. nothing. <laughs> or no. maybe <laughs> see nothing. Eat tag soup.
2: T- totally. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, hunting and target shooting are very different. They're very, very different. And I think that some people their idea is to get into hunting and and we get a lot of people up there because we teach people how to field dress, how to butcher, how to do all those things, right? And I'm, I'm always super supportive of it because I, I hope that they do go. And I hope that they do go down that road. I do. But some people just get stuck in target shooting. 3D target shooting is fun, but that is that is not the point of our course. That is not what we do at our ranch. We're very transparent about that. We I'm fine with target shooters if they want to come. I'm not saying I disclude them. What I'm saying is that we focus on... All of our shots are kill shots. I don't have a fucking scorecard, okay? I don't care about a scorecard. I don't know what that means because in my world, your shot either kills an animal or it doesn't kill an animal. So if you got an, a point, uh, eight points or 10 points or 12, um, I don't know what that means. I don't care. Nobody cares, actually. <laughs> so if you're able to understand your bubble, you're able to understand your sight placement, you don't have target panic you're not a douchebag, then you're going to be able to execute. That's, a, that's about it, right? Yep. That's, that's what we're focusing on. We're trying to train people to get out there and do shots that are practiced for hunting. So we've had complaints about our course, as you can tell. <laughs> well, the
1: that's- best thing about that is you can kindly tell them to fuck off because it's <laughs> your course.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just don't engage in – well, sometimes I engage, but I, I typically like, just ignore – uh, all of it. It doesn't matter because that's what we, we're We're a hunting ranch. Like you're coming to learn about meat. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. those are what the shots are that we're trying to get people to, and we really want to promote people to get out there for the defeat, for that, to do hard shit, right? That, that's what makes you better. Yeah. All of that. So if it was easy, if hunting was easy, archery specifically, bow hunting, then everyone would do it. You know, you look on Instagram right now. My feed is just like uh, elk, 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 mule deer, elk, 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 by people that are fucking phenomenal hunters, right? They got out there opening, they're they're crushing it. That's not me. I know that's not me. I would like to get there, right? So that makes me be like, damn, I want to do better. I want to work out more. I want to shoot more, blah, blah, blah. I don't look at that like, oh, I'm there. You know, I'm not fucking there you're not there. You know what I mean? You got to like work for it, work, 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 build on it. And so that's, that's what we really try to promote is that putting in the work and building your education.
1: I don't know. Like you said, if if it was easy, everybody would do it. I don't know if that's true because for me, if, if I'm doing something and it's easy, I fucking lose interest. I want that challenge. Like I want to feel like I'm rewarded at the end because I put in the work and I did something that not a lot of people can do. And then I, I was rewarded for that. Like if I just walk out, most people the back are door, like, that, that's why I don't Turkey hunt. Cause there's a bunch of fucking turkeys that just walk through my backyard. And I just walk out, shoot one with the shotgun so and then I'm fucking too. done.
2: So us too. So we're, so just so you know, we're on the same page as you. People are really into Turkey hunting where we live. Right. And we have wild turkeys. I can't, I can I literally saw like 60 turkeys this weekend. Right. And it's not, obviously it's not season yet, but it's like, that's not that cool for me. I don't, I don't care. I don't. And also like, I don't think wild turkey is that good. Okay. Yes. I understand you can season it. And like, I go through this debate with people all the time and I'm like, happy for them. I'm happy for them. I, I, I'm, I love that you love wild turkey. I don't love wild turkey. It's, there's barely any meat on there. Right. So the hunt for me, like I could literally shoot, I could walk out my front door. I could walk 20 yards or, or whatever. Who cares? Do you know what I mean? I don't know.
1: I'm with you, everybody. I'm on the, I'm the outcast on the HLE team because they're they're, they're they're no, I can can walk outside and hit one with a rock and be done with this shit.
2: I'm on your team. I'm on your team. I don't, I feel the same way. So I, I, we're on the same page that like, I want to do stuff that's hard. Do you know what I mean? I really want to push myself. I don't want something to feel super easy to me. Um, my bow got all fucked up this weekend, right before I went hunting, which of course it happened, of course it happened. Um, I had a backup bow, but it, it wasn't like dialed. I mean, the whole thing, you know what I mean? And of course that happened for me because that's the way that my life works. So everything <laughs> got difficult. I had multiple shots I could have taken this weekend that would have been whatever. It just wasn't, you know, I went to my bow shop today, today and they're just like, it's, you know, it's never easy. That's part of archery. That's, yeah, okay. you have all these components.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a discipline. It's an art form and it's always... You're you're never there, right? You can always always sharpen up, and it's never ever going to be there, yeah. At 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 the pinnacle, right?
2: Yeah, it's just kind of
0: like the the beautiful thing about it. Um, are y'all hunting blacktail right now?
2: I uh, no, we just have like uh, uh, no, not mule deer. You just put Coof? me on the spot. How? Oh, you just literally put me on the spot. Now I have to Google it. God damn it. Um, <laughs> We have small deer, okay? That's what we have. We have really small deer here in San Diego. If you think about it, um, we don't really have that much vegetation for them. There's not a ton of water sources, um, and they're pretty small. So when people get tags here, um, they kill any time that they see a buck, even if it's just tiny little antlers, they're gonna kill it. So it, it doesn't have time to grow. Now I will say I saw a huge buck this weekend for nice. San Diego, for San Diego, he was a big boy. And he was old. Nice. So awesome. me and him, me and him, we made eyesight. I, yeah, I know about him now. Maybe you know you'll I mean? meet up
0: later this season.
2: Right. Going out Sunday. Got yeah, my bow dial sure. today. So, so um, uh, I'm looking for this deer in San Diego, but go ahead.
0: So uh, what else, what else are we doing on the ranch, Chris?
2: Um, we're doing women's program. So m- mule deer, mule deer. Okay. Okay. So anyways, um, we're doing women's programs. Um, that's been really cool. We launched our first, uh, women's hunting program last year. No, this year. Um, and then we're going into 2023 and doing two women's hunting programs. And then I also have a collaboration with Hunter Recruitment Project, uh, in October for whitetail, uh, female based time. So that's gonna be really cool. That's awesome.
0: I
1: love that. Have you noticed a, a big increase from like your first class to these classes that are coming up in 2023 as oh, yeah. like a, yeah. like a membership was
2: that's yeah. awesome. It's crazy. I don't, the women's thing is a whole thing on its own now. So that's actually separated from our, like, I wouldn't even put that in those categories because that's like a whole huge thing. And the women we had come to that first one, it was really an introductory to hunting. It was like, Gosh, we could have focused, like, days on each subject. It was so hard to compartmentalize. But um, we did some fitness stuff with SorenX. Brandon Lilly did, like, a whole entire programming for us, which was so cool and was super approachable. Me and Dana Monroe taught that um, just from his program. And then we did field dressing, um, quartering. We did uh, pack out. We did land navigation, GPS, uh, glassing, scouting, um, field medic stuff with Nikki Selby. Uh, that was badass. She taught everybody a shit ton of stuff. We had self defense. We had a girl come from Los Angeles, and she talked about like Krav Maga shit, like super sick. It was rad. Um, what else? I have to keep. I have to keep thinking. Oh, taxidermy. We did. Um, European mounts with Whitebone uh, white bone creations. Ryan, that was rad. The women. So there was 55 of them or so. So there's quite a bit. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen uh white bone creations, but he is an amazing wealth of knowledge and education on YouTube. And he's been around for a freaking minute. He's like 15 years been doing this 20 years been doing your, yeah, that's
0: mounts. who I copy for my Euro mounts. He's the best. <laughs>
2: He's like, he's like literally the best and he educates at our ranch. He comes up now. So he comes up like every three or four months and you guys, he is amazing. He's like the nicest teddy bear of a guy and he is an amazing educator. He loves it. He gets so excited. So it's like, I get excited even thinking about him and, and teaching, but so he comes up to all these women he's never taught all women. Um, and he definitely, hadn't taught in person for a long time, because this was like post COVID, right? Like this was kind of like, you know, he just does a lot of YouTube. These women asked him the funniest questions. It was like, most people would be asking him like, what's the biggest rack you've ever done? Or what's the craziest hunt you've ever been on? Or no, the women want to ask him all about his life, right? So like his <laughs> wife and his and his kids and his, and this, and um, how many do you do a week? And wait, can I do this? Can I be, can I do this for a living? And it was the, he was dying laughing. It was so funny. Um, but it was definitely unique for him, uh, a unique teaching experience. Um, but the girls like loved European mounting. That was like part of what they, all of them have, um, left and actually been like trying to practice and do it. So that was really cool. So,
1: I, yeah, that's another one of those things where, I mean, you could learn all that shit off YouTube or fucking look it up on yeah. Google and, and, and kind of get, the idea of it, but to actually get hands on and get that tactile uh, feedback and, and put it to use in the field in a, in a controlled environment is fucking enormous for a, a new person starting out. It's going to take their learning curve and shorten it immensely.
2: Yeah. And even for people advanced now, so we've gotten Ryan, which is he's doing caping. So like he taught our last class, we actually uploaded that one. Some of that went to our YouTube. We don't have, I just started doing YouTube. I can't keep up with everything. But like, um, he did a whole caping demo, which was sick. And if somebody really wanted to taxidermy their animal, and then he did uh, European mounting. And there was a lot of advanced hunters there, very advanced hunters. Like the the guys from PSE, our reps from PSE were there, and they were like blown away. They're like, I've never learned anything like this in person. And I just learned so much. I don't usually do field dressing that way. So that was so cool because, again, it's a conversation. That's all it is. And everybody does field dressing different. Everybody cuts their meat a little bit different. Everybody skins differently. So when you get people together that are open to learning and that are advanced hunters, all of a sudden, everybody starts to learn. So like it's it's like the beginner who doesn't know anything, but then the most advanced person is like, whoa, that was really cool. That was awesome. And, um, and that's, what's really special and magical about all these programs is again, the storytelling, you bring everybody together and then it just becomes a really cool learning experience where, and there's no egos, you know, like I did this or I did this, who gives a shit? No one cares. You know what I mean? <laughs> no one cares. Just be cool. Be a cool human. Um, and, and we're really careful about all that too. Um, I will, I will, I get on top of people for that stuff, but it's, that's what's cool about it. So, and that's where people really um, can take the most away from it.
1: Nobody wants to hang out with assholes. Doesn't matter how fucking famous you are.
2: Not really. No. <laughs> Just
0: be a normal. It's day. funny how small of a world it is. Like I was messaging with Nikki this morning about her Idaho trip. I was we were talking this morning. And then Derek and I were lucky enough to uh, we had uh, Bert Soren on the uh, on the podcast earlier this year. It's a small world. That's kind of awesome. Those are two, two cool folks.
2: They sure are. Bert, um, supports the hell out of our ranch and, uh, they donated, um, some up bars and stuff for, uh, everything that we do because they know all the stuff that we do there and all the give back. And, um, yeah, he's such a good dude. He's such a good dude. Um, and Nikki Selby is one of my super close friends. Um, we became friends through an event. She came to one of the events and then uh, I just kind of adopted her as part of our family. So she comes up a lot. I mean, she's, she's there a lot and we do a lot of shooting together. So she's a good human.
1: Yeah. When we had, uh, when we had bird on, it was kind of funny. Cause like, Most of the time you end up on a podcast, you talk about yourself the entire time. And like, he was genuinely asking questions about our lives, which I thought was a weird dynamic, but like, I mean, this dude has been on a shit ton of podcasts and has his own podcast. Like he's probably fucking tired of talking about himself and just wants to like (laughs) figure out what makes other people tick. I don't know, but he was awesome. And, uh, we really enjoyed having him on and it's, it's cool every now and then to like hit him up and talk to him on Instagram or whatever.
2: He's like legitimately, um, salt of the earth. Uh, just a good human, just a good person. So yeah, yeah. And have you guys heard about the hunter recruitment project? Heard about what they're doing? Or no? No, I have not. You'll you guys will have to look into what they're doing. They do basically they implement hunts for new hunters. Um, so they they take what we're doing, but then they do implemented hunts. So it's I don't know, maybe two years ago, year and a half ago. Um, I met Jamie from there. And then we started talking about like, gosh, there's gotta be some synergy and how we could work together or, you know, do something. And there is. And so it's really, um, pretty exciting for us because, um, this is our first, like our first project we're doing together in October, um, female based and the females are coming, there's mentors. And then there's also, um, you know, people who are participating in hunting. I've never hunted whitetail. So, or out of a, tree stand, so I'm actually going to be able to be one of the hunters, which is really exciting for me because I'm not going to have to curate the whole you know, time and, and put it on, but, um, but we've had a lot of fun programming together, and we're going to have more coming in 2023 where we would have the participants come to the ranch and teach them kind of all the basics where they're going to go through the field dressing and understand it, and then they'll get to go on their first time. So there will be a two-part process um, where we'll send people off to actually go hunt so that'd be really cool that'd be awesome yeah yeah so um and then nodon's outdoors you guys have you guys um read about any of that stuff that we're doing with them or heard about that Uh, yeah a little bit there yeah
0: yeah i was reading uh, as much as i could and i definitely want you to uh, to kind of fill us in and and definitely talk about that because that seems like uh a lot, of, a lot of what you're doing over there, the work you're doing over there really aligns with kind of our, our team and, and our beliefs uh, over here at Hunt, Lift, Eat.
2: Awesome. Uh, so Nodens Outdoors, um, let, me, let me go backwards. So for me at our ranch, again, we're community-based and it's really important that we give back to people um, and we, we give back to the communities that we believe in. Okay, so um, being a marriage and family therapist, uh, by trade, again, not in the practice. Um, I am not great at talking to people one on one adults specifically, I'm, I'm good with adolescence, I can actually deal with adolescence just fine. But adults one on one, my issue is that um, I what's called project. So if somebody tells me a dumb shit story about something when they were young, and I think it's stupid, I typically would say something like, i get the fuck over it. Nobody cares. Things like that, that aren't very, I'm um, compassionate for a therapist to do, let's say. Exactly
1: right? what you want your therapist to say.
2: So <laughs> it wasn't really my calling. It just wasn't my calling. Um, you, you know, so, so. but what is my calling is uh, outdoor therapy. <laughs> okay. I love outdoor therapy. I believe in it. Um, and I think that it's implemented in different ways, right? So I like sharing that with people. Furthermore, uh, my husband's been in for uh, 19 years. And he's done many, many combat deployments. He's changed a lot over the years. He's had a lot of trauma that he's seen. And so, um, you know, for me, I've always wanted to give back and blend all of that. So if I could have created Nodens, I wish I could have said I I did, because it's literally everything that I believe in one. So basically, the the baseline of Nodens is special operations guys, special forces guys who are getting out. Um, either in a year or within a year, they get bow hunting as a transitional tool for them, as a therapeutic tool for them. Um, And you guys, it's fucking profound. It's pretty amazing what this has done for our first year recipients. We're on our second year right now, so we're brand new. Um, Right this moment, I'm the president of the board um, and it is literally the most bucket filling, amazing, um, happy place for me. Right. I don't make any money doing it. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not the point. Um, we host all of the guys. So this year we had eight recipients at my ranch for eight days. Um, we truly become like family. Uh, we all stay in my house together and they go through a very intensive program. So, uh, from beginning to end archery instruction, um, how to build their bows, how to maintain their bows, how to build all their own arrows um, and then from there we get them sighted in, um, they learn about 3d, they learn about angles, uh, all of that stuff. And then field dressing, uh, they know about land navigation. They don't, they don't need help with that. But, um, we, you know, we talk about, uh, rocking and scouting and glassing and, and they do all of that, but you know, everything for them has a synergy with bow hunting right? It gives them tribe. It gives them connection. It gives them purpose. It gives them this focus and meditation that is so healthy. And it gives them something to look forward to. Again, it's like a deployment. And like we talked about earlier, discipline and how hard all this stuff is, it's not about the kill. It's about everything in between. It's about the preparation. It's about the gear. It's about the pack out. And, um, it's amazing to watch how bow hunting has changed these guys' lives um, this year and last year, um, and for me to be able to be a part of.
0: And you have found that obviously incredibly fulfilling to be on that end of of this organization.
2: It's yeah, it's beyond. I mean, it's like yeah, like my husband's starting to go through transition of getting out of the military right now. Right, like are you guys? I'm sorry, one of you is active duty, right, or no?
1: Uh, Luke is active duty. I used to be a ranger. Um, We've got a bunch of other dudes on the team that are either still active duty or in the process of getting out or just veterans in general. So we're kind of a mixed bag. And then we have civilians as well. So we've got a little bit of everything. I'm just a school teacher. You guys
2: are both civilians though now. You guys are both out or no? Yeah, I'm
1: out now. I'm,
0: I'm a civilian. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, so then you guys went through transition, getting out, and I'm sure that that was, you know, hard for you guys. um, Just Derek, not me. I'm sorry?
0: Just Derek, not me.
2: Just Derek. Okay. For, for my husband, it's definitely creating a lot of anxiety. It's not like easy for him. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's kind of a disaster, right? And I'm his wife, so I'm not a neutral person. I, for the last two years, I've been a neutral person and somebody that can help other people through transition. And that's amazing for me, right? That's very rewarding. Now that I'm in it, it's a totally different situation for me because I play a different role, right? Um, But it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And um, like for somebody like my husband who's been in for almost 20 years, he doesn't know anything that's different. So it's like, whoa, yes, it's exciting getting out and doing something different, but also like, holy shit, what the hell am I going to do? You know what I mean? Or who am I? Cause your whole identity changes.
1: Cause you, so, you leave that, um, you leave that structure big, a, and you have to figure out exactly who you are and what you want to do for the rest of your life. Cause if you're, if your husband's anything like most people, they got in when they're 18 to 20. So he still has a lot of life left to live. He's not just going to fucking fall over and die tomorrow. Yep. Like you got to figure that out. Yep.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's a lot, right. And it's a lot for anybody to change a career. Um, especially like you said, you're from that structure. So, um, so yes. So for me to be able to be a part of this foundation and for my role, which a lot of the guys like call me the mom role, like that's kind of where I'm at. Like I talk to all of them. I check in with them. I cook for all of them while they're there. I do the archery instruction. Um, that's my role for them and, um, to be there for them yeah, that's, it's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, it's hugely rewarding. um, And I love watching all of them grow through it and get, and just get completely obsessed with it, right? Where they're shooting every day and they're like sending pictures like, holy shit, you know what I mean? And it's great. And that's what's up. So um, that give back is like the biggest thing that we do and we focus on. and, um, And honestly, probably the best thing for me that I do.
1: I, uh, I think I've been following you for close to a year now and I've never wanted to live in California or be anywhere close to California, but I get jealous as fuck when I see these big events and everybody's there like shooting and learning and, and like, I'm like, man, I wish I was a little closer to this, but I definitely don't want all your bullshit rules to come with living in your state. <laughs>
2: Yes. Yes. I feel you on that. And if you ever end up here, uh, you know, you have a cool place to go. That's not, it doesn't sure. feel like California and you're at our ranch. But, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that I make people feel that way and feel a part of something, even if you're far away. Cause that, um, that is, that is how people feel there. We've way outgrown our space. I will say that, um, way outgrown now. So, uh, we are moving This is actually the first time I'm talking about this. Um, We are officially moving our archery off of our property. So, yeah, it's um, pretty exciting. And uh, um, yeah, I can't believe I even just brought that up. Yeah, so that's really happening. So, the archery will be, yeah, that's. I can cut it out if you need me to. We have, we got 300 or so acres that we are setting up archery. It's going to be um, probably the largest course. I can't say on the West Coast because I don't know about um, Washington and Oregon, but for sure in California, I can say that. Um, Three
0: hundred acres,
2: just for archery. Wow,
0: that's amazing.
2: Um, it's really amazing, and we're actually able to set up about four courses at a time if we wanted to. <laughs> so that. All right, be- Derek, shit.
0: we got to go check this out.
2: I mean, I'm. Yeah, yeah. So, it, down. so it's going to change. Like our first, yeah, our first, uh, our first date is in january i think it's like the 20 something whatever that weekend is um that will be our first big event um of the year so it's it's gonna it's gonna be awesome i hope it starts i it may snow actually that weekend so that'd be cool uh, because
1: it'll suck yeah so
2: (laughs) it would yeah but that's why people like come i swear to you guys we had march 3rd last year we had this event planned and it, the weather seemed fine. Also, March 3rd is usually okay, but the snow came in. And I'm like, oh, we're going to cancel this event, right? We're done. I mean, because my property, you have to have four wheel drive to get on there. Like, whatever. Nobody's going to want to come. That's crazy. Nope. It was insane. Not only did everybody come who bought tickets, we sold tickets out because everybody wanted to come and try all of their rain gear, all their winter gear. You can't do that in California. You don't, you, you literally have nowhere to do that. So it was, and people were so fucking happy. You should see these pictures on Dropbox. I just went through them the other day and I'm like, wow, I must've, I was freezing. I was freezing for like a month after that. My toes still feel cold just talking about that day. Like I literally cannot tell you, you couldn't get warm. There's bonfires everywhere. People were drinking whiskey, doing all kinds of weird shit to stay warm. And I'm like, they're all happy though. They had the best day. That's great. I just, I, nothing, I couldn't
1: believe it. And- There's nothing better than being miserable with other people. Like when, the, when things go well at, at events, you don't remember them. But when like the shit hits the fan and like the weather goes nuts or like I know, the food doesn't show up to your catering event and you got to make do with like some fucking crackers that you pulled out of your, your pantry that are four years old and you got like cheese whiz and you spray it on them that's the shit you remember you remember when it all goes bad and you make do
2: totally yeah no totally yeah no it was uh it was pretty epic and so everybody and i've realized now that like our events uh the bigger ones are january to may those are really the ones that people and then after that like when you get closer to summer people get busy they've got shit going on you know but people are really, really hardcore and our numbers are really high from like January to like April, May. So, and and they want the weather. They want to shoot in the weather. So um, that January one's gonna be big. Um, we're just yeah, getting ready to launch that um in about a month or two. So that'll be really cool. We've elk shape coming next year. Elk Shape is doing their first um California Elk Shape ever. So um that's going to be really cool. That's pretty epic for us as well, for our little ranch to have Dan come. So, yeah.
0: That's incredible. A lot of great things happening for you. And, uh, you know, I was going to ask, what's next for you? And th- those two things right there, I mean, you you've kind of unveiled it right there. And that's yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm pumped for you.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's the first time I've actually talked about that out loud. Um, but that that is it is going to be huge. We're not going to have as many archery shoots, but they're going to be bigger and um better um and so it's gonna be an awesome next year of growth we're doing a women's hunt uh most likely either in maui or molokai um that's gonna be our first implemented women's hunt um we're doing an advanced bow hunters course for women specifically in august um we're doing bird hunting classes uh more homesteading Fieldcraft Survival is uh, working right now with me on a homesteading course and then also on some land navigation stuff in Julian. So, um, yeah, we just have, we're so slammed, you guys, for 2023. Like, we can't add anything more. It's amazing. So,
1: that's probably the best problem to have. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, I- I'm not, not complaining about it at all. So, and then uh, my, like I said, my middle son, he starts hunting next year so that's going to be a really epic year. He's my craziest. Like his goal in life is to be a Navy SEAL. Like that's and it's been like that for him for a long time, not like it's not like a whim for him, right? Like the kid can do like 50 pull-ups a day. He's gnarly. He goes on runs, he goes on rocks. Like, "Hey mom, I just put on like a forty pound pack and I ran." And I'm like, "Why? Why are you why are you doing that? Go be a kid, you know?" But that's who he is and he's anybody who ever comes to our ranch like jameson's a whole situation he's a whole entity on his own like i don't know the kid's just gnarly so anyways him going into hunting like he he is going to hunt you know what i mean it's not a joke for him he's taking very seriously so it's gonna be a cool year for me i am going elk hunting with him in colorado um it's gonna be my first elk hunt and him we're getting packed in and we're doing that together that's gonna be next fall and That'll
1: then awesome. he's gonna go pig hunting, so yeah. Are you uh did you draw a tag or you did you go on OTC?
2: We're gonna go over the counter for that. I was honestly, I was supposed to go in two weeks. Um I don't want to talk about it. The reason I can't go is because of stupid military, okay, because Mike's gonna be gone and he has a training exercise, and it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine with canceling that hunt. It was just <laughs> great. It's totally fine. Yes. Um, anyways, so I pushed it back a year. <laughs> and, no big deal. And my guide knows Jameson and he's amazing. Uh, and he said, Bring it'll be cooler, it'll be better next year. You can bring Jameson with you. And I was like, You're right. It's fine. And then Elk Shapes coming. So I'm gonna, you know, it's I just have another yep. year to prepare. That's why i have mean. a leg
1: up. You'll just be that much more prepared and ready to go.
2: That's what I'm saying. That's it. That's what I'm saying. But I was ready. <laughs> but I do want to go backwards. <laughs> I did prepare for this Elcon, and I did feel ready. So I'm just going to dream about it until next year. It's a year from now. So it'll be good.
1: I, uh, I'm i feeling the, the same. Like I got to go last year uh, for my first Elk hunt. I probably won't get to go this year just because of the way things are lining up. I'm like, oh my god, I want to. And I, I was unsuccessful. So like until I actually drop an elk, I won't be able to, to scratch this itch.
2: Yep. Yep. That's a whole nother thing. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. So, but yeah, I'm stoked to spend time to have something to work up to. Um, I also, I think that when Mike retires, so that would be he'll deploy like March time, get home next October and then he starts going on like Skills Bridge and then Terminal, right? And then he'll get out like, I don't know. I think it's like nine or 10 months later. I want to do like a family Alaska hunt. I think that'd be a super sick retirement like for him. Oh, yeah. um, like go to Alaska. Yeah. I think that like, I'm going to start looking into that and trying to figure out that because that would be really fun.
1: Take a bush plane somewhere where nobody's at. Set up camp.
2: Yep just like celebrate his uh his retirement his time and and kill something in between there
1: it's the best way to celebrate it
2: i mean is there another way
1: (laughs) not that i can think of
2: yeah i think i'd be pretty badass but um yeah anyways thank you guys for for having me on thank you guys for asking about my story and um following following me following us and supporting our ranch it's uh uh it's a labor of love huge labor of love and um i wouldn't have done any of it if i didn't believe in it or love it i definitely it's a wacky business plan i'll tell you that because i definitely didn't think of it in terms of that i was like cool everybody's seeing it at home let's break even um But man, it has been really fucking rewarding and really fucking cool. And um, the people that we have brought together and like the families and the tribe that we've created is really, like I said, it's hard to describe until you're there. But um, I think it's cool that you guys have been able to feel that, you know, through Instagram and and it's just a super special place. So it's cool for us to be able to share.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The work you're doing over there is awesome and we respect the hell out of it and you know very much aligns with kind of what our mission statement is as well so it's awesome to see like-minded folks across this country doing doing awesome things getting out there doing hard shit doing things with people teaching skills and education and building community and building that tribe like that's what it's all about that's 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 it right there there's there's nothing more important and that's so cool and refreshing to see so thank you for coming on
2: yeah yeah. Thank you for that. And, um, we love what you guys do as well. And, um, we want to support you guys, um, in every way possible. And we definitely want you guys to be able to come to the ranch. Um, uh, that's, that's that going to happen. Good, good, good. Cause you know, you have somewhere to stay and I'll tell you something, you will have fun. It, it's a fun time. So it's a good time. It's a fun time. It's crazy. Um, but we definitely want to make that happen for you guys to come out. That'd be Some awesome. Way. Maybe you could go like, we have a lot of friends that have like, um, you know, charter, like big game fishing boats. You guys could do like a really cool fishing trip while you're out here or something. Get that set up.
0: Heck yeah. Luke better be listening. Fire <laughs> up the credit card, buddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's go.
1: Chris, for our followers that aren't following you, where can they find you guys uh, on social media?
2: Uh, yep. The, um, the ranch Julian outdoors is one of them. Uh, that's our, that's our ranch, the ranch page. And then myself is Chris Cook, K R Y S C O O K. Um, the ranch is a lot cooler than mine. I'm not going to lie. Mine's like my kids and my weird short nosed dog. And, but anyways, um, that's us. That's that's us. I do have a short-nosed dog who really he's he, you guys he cannot breathe. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> you, you I walk him. We live near the beach, okay? we live near the beach, and we take a one-mile walk each day. I'm not kidding. It's one mile. It's half a mile to drop Rose off at school. It's half a mile back. Today he laid down four times in wet grass. Four times, and he's breathing. like, <sighs> like nothing people are walking by they're just like oh it's meatball because all the parents know you can hear him from like a mile away anyways well
1: he was probably thinking like she knows i can't do this shit why she make me do it every day
2: i drag him i you guys i drag him up the hill i drag him people die laughing he just yeah he's he's a whole he's a whole situation um but anyways, that's us. That's how you can find us. Um, our programs are not launched for next year yet. Right now we're in the middle of fall homesteading. So um, it's all about food during the fall and during the winter. But our January stuff should come up very soon here. Um, if you sign up for emails, you'll, you'll get the emails. I don't oversend emails. So they're just only about events. And um, so, yeah, that's how you can find us and support. Nodens Outdoors is nodensoutdoors.org. We actually do uh, open up applications for 2023 soon. So if you guys uh, know anybody who would fall into that category of transitioning out of the military within a year and their special operations, please send them our way and apply for them. It's really easy to do and it's on our website. So, um, and we always are looking for more support through that Pe- places to hunt people to be involved. Um, none of us get paid on that board. So we're always trying to raise money and, and look for more ways to strategize and get the word out. So.
1: Awesome. I'll, uh, I'll start asking around. I think I might have one or two dudes getting out. Uh, nope. so that's going to do it for us on this episode of the hunt Lift, Eat, hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm Derek, my co-host Carter, and we can't thank Chris enough. Uh, We appreciate the hell out of you guys, and we'll see you next episode. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. I'm going to tell you guys about our next challenge that we've got coming up. It's going to be the HLE Ruck Challenge. It's going to be starting November 7th and going through the 13th. For dudes, it's going to be 35 pounds, and for chicks, it'll be 25 pounds. The winner will be the total distance rucked in that week, and all proceeds are going to go to Noden Outdoors. Uh, They're a great organization that helps – veterans of the special operations community um get back uh transition to civilian life through archery and uh we're super stoked to be helping them out uh and our guest chris is deeply involved in them so it's kind of near and dear to our hearts so we're gonna be helping them out more details to follow so uh get ready for that later dudes